Hello, everybody. This is Hollywood Night Holiday with the double biceps. It is the, in the contract. It is a legal requirement. Every single time if you're on camera, it's in the fine print. If you want your copy, please email us here at the Daily Combat Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, all the good social media platforms, mm. none of the bad ones. So mm. uh, I am here with the man himself, the co-pilot, co-founder, co existent uh, co-breather of air in this room mm. uh it is in fact the winner of the dave stockbridge of the year award dave stockbridge how are you today sir i'm very well thank you i'm very well uh, thanks so much for uh, for having me back on the podcast <laughs> <It's your podcast. laughs> welcome back to your own show thank you <laughs> uh, yes uh, as, as uh the, the viewers should know that uh, Dave and the Real Estate Agents Group, which we can see here, are proud sponsors of the SA Titans Arm Wrestling Club and has also uh, sponsored the Daily Combat Podcast, uh, <laughs> winner of the Daily Combat <laughs> Podcast of the Year Award. Yes, yeah, so it's been two years in a row now, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we've only been going for a year, but it's well, over two years. It's so that, It's that good. Yes, yeah. Well, I mean, you and I are both on the judging panel for that uh, critical award. We're the um, only ones. Yeah, we're, we're, we're industry leaders when it comes to the Daily Combat Podcast. And uh, so, as, as a result, I've earned our spot. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, although it is only us in the running mm. I, I think we look at things critically and we try to balance things off and and if somebody else was coming up with a podcast called the daily combat podcast that was better than what we were doing mm. uh, you know i think we'd, we'd look at it objectively we'd still give it to ourselves but, you know. most more than likely more than likely <laughs> but we'd look at it we would consider it yeah. you know and i think that that's uh, that speaks to the integrity of, right. of, of the people in control of this podcast exactly. namely yourself and yeah that's right and me. It, it's it's mm. pure integrity and it's our second inaugural year is that correct it is yes it's the second <laughs> inaugural year we're looking forward to our third inaugural yeah. year yeah. it just keeps rolling on <laughs> <laughs> I just, that word is so hard to say. Inaugural? Inaugural. 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 I think that's I think you've added a syllable. Did I? <laughs> yeah, inaugural. I like grueling. Grueling. Yeah, grueling. <laughs> Gruel is that like really like it's disgusting food, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think it's like a it, it's it, it may have been meat once. I think that's the that's the best description of what gruel is. Gruel and is it is gruel. Gruel is okay. part of the inaugural. Uh, yeah, the second one that we've got at the yeah. moment. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, there might be. Uh, I I don't know if there's any you know, mm. cognate word structure between gruel and inaugural, but nonetheless, you know, I do <laughs> cognate. Yeah, so wow. uh, I've never heard that word before. That's cognate, the one. so uh, you want to me? Oh well, it, it, it cognate. Uh, yeah, so a cognate word would be um, a, a word that the word. So there might be several words derived from a particular word mm. across various languages. Mm. So uh, you've got um, Indo-European is a. Uh, a language grouping that incorporates everything from, um, say, um, Hindi mm. uh, to English. Mm. They're all part of that same family. Mm. Um, and you'll have various cognate words, um, water, mother, father. Th- these words are very, very similar across all of those language groups. Okay. Mm. Is that sort of like when the internet sort of popped around and a lot of languages, that they still use like the, the same terms you'll find uh, are across like worldwide in terms of, you know, it, it's very similar sounding, inter- you know, it, mm. say, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of it. My mind is gone like... A blue screen of death. It's the thing that's popping up in my but, visual memory at so the moment. Yeah, so you've got a, a, a water. So in German would be Wasser, and in mm. uh, in Dutch might be Water, mm. and um, and then in English there's water. Mm. So they're all three separate words, but are obviously related, and that's because they've got a 
uh, they've got a, a, a cognate word, they share a cognate. And that's why Darth Vader was mm. Darth Vader, because Vader means father. Vader, Vader is father, yeah. exactly. So, yeah, there, mm. there you go. There you go. Mm. If people were cluey and went back in the days of Star Wars, they would have gone, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Just like Leonardo DiCaprio in that meme when he's pointing. Ah, just like Darth Father? How is he Darth? That just makes no any sense. <laughs> oh! Empire Strikes Back yeah, comes Lord, out. Lord Father, Lord I Vader. I knew it Lord. all along. It was a tell. That one, one, yeah. There you go. Mm. Did you, were you at the cinema? Like, did you get, were you part of that era when, were you the a fan Star of Wars? That? No, no, that, that moment when it was revealed, like, I am your father, you know, that, that I, scene. I, yeah, well, I, I remember exactly where I was when I, um, when I, uh, Watch that scene, mm. and um, in the I, cinema. it was a yeah, it was a it was a year three uh, excursion. For, oh. I, I I can't I couldn't tell you why school felt it was imperative that we go yeah. and watch Star Wars, but yeah, that that was a uh, that was what it was. We went and we saw that, and that was like the the pinnacle moment of like, oh god, he's, he's got the helmet off now. He's yeah. going to spill the beans. Oh no, and get to the bottom of it, and it was like. Oh, Wow, and it couldn't get any better than that. We yeah. thought this is this is amazing, and and as it turns out, we were right because every subsequent movie's been a bit shit, hasn't <laughs> yeah, it? Really, they have. And then, yeah, it's like the the slow degradation of the the Star Wars brand that uh, this generation appreciates. But you know, yeah. you speak to younger kids; they love the vid- uh, they love the movies anyway, don't they? Yeah, as long as they enjoy them. Yeah, <laughs> it matters. I was disappointed, and uh, yeah, I don't know how we got onto this topic, but um, yeah, those first three. Obviously, you had your, your original three, and they were classics, and everything was great. The story was wrapped up, or whatever. And then, oh, we're going to come up with a new one. Oh, great. And then it's going to be a prequel. Mm. I hate prequels. prequels yeah. <laughs> Name a good prequel. Yeah, yeah. Anybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When they start going in that direction, you know, it's a, it's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. It's not hitting. It's not going anywhere good. Yeah. Mm. Why do you hate prequels? <laughs> Why do I hate prequels? Because I've got a reason. I want to tell you what it is, but I'm going to pretend like I'm asking you. Why I hate prequels? <laughs> yes. I just hate them. <laughs> <Don't know. laughs> yeah. The, the, well, what's what's the story that's so important that you didn't tell it in the first place? You know, why are you waiting now? Yeah. Like, if that was the best you got, you would have let us know in the first three movies. Yeah. You know, you have plenty of time, mm-hmm. three movies. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. You're saying you had a better idea before you started and went, oh, you know, I'll start, I'll start with the fourth best idea instead. That's what people really want to get into. How much are they paying? Yeah, we'll come up with something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not, you know, that nobody came to a young George Lucas who was struggling and said, hey, mate, if you give us your fourth best idea, we'll run with that one first. Yeah, let's go with the fourth yeah. best. No, forget the other three. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, get rid of them. Yeah, and yeah sure. I yeah. mean, I can do that. I can get Frank Oz involved. Mm. I mean, he does the Muppets and, uh, you know, why not? You know, more Muppets. Yeah. yeah. As many Muppets as yeah. we can get. Yeah. When, you, when you find that Frank Oz was involved and you do watch those early movies, it does make a little bit more sense, especially some of those little, yeah, little characters that yeah. you see that are bouncing around Jabba the Hutt's place. You know, and you go, hang on, yeah. hang on. Isn't that they like literally a, a deformed Kermit the Frog? Yeah, <laughs> that is literally a brown Kermit the Frog. Right. They went in the wash with, yeah. the, with the red sock. It was like the, 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 they had these prototypes of characters that they were ready to roll out. Out and it, it, it for uh, what was was the TV, was it for what the Muppets yeah for the Muppets and then they went oh 
No, that one's a bit too offensive. And then, and then, yeah, yeah, <laughs> too aggressive. Yeah, then George Lucas turns like, "Hey, I, hey, guys, I got a lot of money. Uh, they they, oh, they told me I can. For you. We're going to film my fourth best uh, idea first. <laughs> this is what they said. Uh, and then just to keep the other ideas, you know, for twenty years after the third movie." <laughs> But so, what do you got? Got any Muppets left over? So when we had these teddy bears that went wrong. Yeah, yeah. Ewoks, perfect. <laughs> we went to network on a pilot that didn't pan out. That's right. Give them to me. Yeah, anything that you got, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah I'll yeah. work it in somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But my issue with prequel movies, not mm. just the Star Wars, like mm. any prequel, all of them, all of them. Mm. The problem is mm. immediately if the same character is. In the sequel, mm. you know he's not going to die, no matter what. Yeah, he's completely fine, mm. and no matter what happens to him, he will live through this because he's in the sequel. Mm. And it's like, well, you've just completely removed the element that his life is in danger in any way. He in can any be in the worst possible, worst possible, no way out situation. Yes, well, he obviously gets out. He's in the next movie. I think it's all about you know creating a you know a, a, you know the, uh, finding out the backstory, isn't it? You mm. know, what what it. Why, why, why have we why have we got you know um, lightsabers? <laughs> you know what, 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 what's the origin story there? What have we got? Where, where did where did you know Obi Wan come from? What happened? Mm. You know, so well, you know, yeah, it's it, uh, yeah. yeah, it, it is. It's a, it's a you know that's why there will never be a prequel of the Daily Combat podcast, right? right? Because we respect your audience too much. It doesn't get any better than this. Is no, that what you're no, that's it's, it's exactly. the third inaugural year. Yeah, we always go with our fourth best ideas first. <laughs> so <laughs> that's our commitment to you. That's right. You're in the Daily Combat podcast. Do you have a favorite movie? Uh, yeah, I'd say uh, I, I I had a favorite movie. I don't really watch movies anymore, but mm. there was a movie that I uh, I love. Swingers, you know, Swingers. You're a movie buff. Is um, that Kevin Bacon? No, that's uh, John Favreau, Vince Vaughn. Uh, cold oh, movie. Oh, last ten years, maybe. Oh no, no. This is probably a twenty year old movie now. Really? Yeah, it was where they all got their start. So oh. where Vince Vaughn got his start, right. John Favreau got a John. Oh, well, talking to John Favreau, uh, yeah. I think he did the Mandalore uh, series for mm. for Disney. And uh, as a, I think I think it was the director um, mm. of of that, but um, yeah, yeah, he's got a, both both of those actors have got a tremendous body of work. Almost everybody that appears in that movie ended up famous and tremendous bodies. And it's, well, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what what swing is about. Uh, it was just about uh, it was about a, a broken hearted guy that was trying to get back out there and get laid and. Ultimately, I think he was unsuccessful until the end of the movie. He found a nice girl, and you know, whilst all his mates had a lot more fun in the meantime, it seems. But uh, you know, it appealed to me in my my very early twenties. Me and my best mate used to watch the movie religiously, and mm. you know, and uh, that was uh, I don't know, but I think it was just a part of who we were at the time, and uh, trying to make our way in the world, and and enjoying uh, you know the nightlife, and mm. you know, just uh, yeah, I think it was a, a reflection as to the. The type of life we would have preferred to have been leading at the time, mm. um, but yeah, it was a, it was a kind of a marks a moment in, in in my life, I think. So yeah, so there was that. Um, outside of that, yeah, I'm not really one to be terribly inspired by by the by the cinema. Really? Mm. Wow. 
You? Yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> yes. Hollywood <laughs> Matt yeah, Exactly. So, uh, and, uh, and is that what got you into acting? You know, yeah. just the, you're watching movies and, oh, I want to be Absolutely. That. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean did you remember what movie that was? The first, uh, you know, the one that got you hooked? And yeah. thinking, fuck, I want to be that guy. Absolutely. Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, was it? it was, well, that was one of, one of the many. Bloodsport. Yeah. Bloodsport, yeah. that's mm-hmm. the one. Yeah, Bloodsport was, was still off. It still holds up. I love that movie <laughs> so much. It does. Oh, maybe not. I don't know. It's, I don't for me, it does. <laughs> it's got some cheesy eighties music, which I actually like. Is, is there a genre? Is there a genre for eighty? You know, cheesy eighties movies. Like, could that be a genre that, that reinvents? That's my genre. That's yeah. your genre. Yeah, that's well, what that's, you're hoping to reinvent. Well, that's what they did with the Expendables. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, kind of, but it was, it was really high production mm. quality and better production, better, better <laughs> with, with some production quality. But the, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. I mean that 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 was the the template, I guess. But you know, in terms of like actual the style of nineteen eighties yeah. movies, yeah, yeah. It but, great. But what, what got you in? What, what, so what, what movie was it? Was Schwarzenegger. It? it was Schwarzenegger. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah right. it was it was that whole era, and and it was like I was born in eighty one, so okay. it was like you know when I was old enough to start watching these things, you know, ten years old, it was like early nineties, and that like those sort of five ten years, you had uh, you know Bruce Willis was making Die Hard. You had Schwarzenegger making like Predator, Running Man, uh, uh, Commando, um, Terminator. Mm. You had Bloodsport. You had like all these huge, big, strong guys beating the crap out of people. And it's Mm. like when you're like 10 years old. Very impressionable. You want to be that guy. That's the one that, you know, I want to be like that dude. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, it it definitely was for me. Yeah, maybe from 10 to... Which movie was it? Was it Terminator or... or, uh... Uh, it was all Earlier. Schwarzenegger. It was, I was a huge Schwarzenegger. Well, I still so am right, a huge right, right, from the, right from the start? Yeah, absolutely. And it wasn't one in particular. Uh, it was... <laughs> I used to only be able to watch a certain bit, like, you know, because it would start at, say, 8.30, mm-hmm. and my bedtime would be, like, 9. And yeah. I'd get the first bit, and then it'd be like... <laughs> and then you'd have to beg your parents to hire on, you know, uh, rent it or rent it from yeah. uh, the... Uh, I, was gonna, I keep saying the DVD stores. Not they weren't DVDs. They weren't. They, they were videos. Video discs, they. Yeah, they were usually delis. So yeah, you, you, yeah. Get, you get Cobbers, Redskins, and a, mm. and a weekly rental on a Beta. Yeah, for seventeen. We did have a Beta for seventeen dollars a week. Yeah. Well, you were wealthy then. That that was a oh. mark of affluence. Oh. Yeah, Beta. That were more expensive than VHS. Yeah, because that yeah. was exclusively Sony. Right. Yeah. I didn't like the fact, and I still like Sony, the fact. I think it was Sony. I don't know. Sony technology. <laughs> Whatever you say. So, like Sony, Sony was the uh, <laughs> was like Apple was, and they had this, that, that was their patented uh, technology. It was beta, so yeah. the cassettes were a bit better, but it was meant to be higher quality. Mm. And then you had VHS, which was the lower quality, but it was mm. like the Android. Everybody could make them. Mm. So all the brands, everybody else apart from Sony, and then Sony went, oh. You know what VHS stands for? Far out. Um... No. Video home system. Video home system. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably wrong. It's a piece video of going, you're system. an idiot, Matt. You're wrong. You're wrong. I've been waiting for my chance. Yeah. But, but right, video home system. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like it makes sense. It does. It does. It's, it's probably logical. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, it was a question and a trivia thing. Okay. I remember. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. you, you had a beta system. The though, thing I liked about it yeah. is that it had a, the remote control was like a silver box thing. Very mm. thin, very like thin, a, like a cigarette pack. Yes, but like thin. Yes, and it had a cord. It was connected, connected. Yes, the whole time. It wasn't completely you remote. It. You couldn't it, lose it, the you remote. Couldn't. That was the good news. <laughs> that was but the bad news is the the dog could have eaten the cable at any time. That yeah. was the other thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and invariably, somebody would have tripped over it, and and they yeah. they weren't jacked in. 
they were connected. Yeah, they so were. So if you tripped over that cord, your video was going across the lounge room. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, eight hundred dollars, which in current money would be the equivalent to a twenty five hundred dollar yeah. uh, thing, yeah. and uh, it would uh, literally be strewn across your lounge room yeah, and I, cracked on the bottom. And I'm not sure how long did it I, was a top deck. So you you inserted in the top and then pushed down. Because we didn't have the beta for very long. This is what's okay. making me question the affluence level of my parents. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Which I don't think well, it also depends because if you had beta and it was 1994, you probably weren't that athlete. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got a family that was found in the back dumpster or something. Um, <laughs> no, it was... Uh, uh, I think it was one you, you would slide it in at the top and press down. Mm, part I, of technology. I, yeah, I literally think we only had that for about a year mm. and then we went to the, the VHS. The VHS. So I, th- I think there became a, a point in time when beta, uh, you, you, the, the, the selection. It's more. It, 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 <laughs> in comparison, you had all of this going on at VHS and oh. then over here you had Gallipoli oh. and um, um, Pred- a, a, a Predator or something. Bodyline. Body line, <laughs> the Bodyline yeah, series. Body double. Yeah, uh, the body <laughs> <laughs> um, and Chariots of Fire. I think oh, that, yeah. that was the, the, the final three that you could get on beta on a, on a, on a yeah. rental. Right. But I also think that that was about the time when video stores uh, stopped being delis and started being like blockbusters yes. and, and that type of thing. And it's, yeah. you know, it became a, a big deal. Yeah. You know? We had uh, a moving land near where I live. Wow. And it was massive. Like, yeah. Like huge. Mm. Uh, and they, I, I still remember this because they had the, like where you would go up to the guy, you know, the candy counter or whatever. Yeah. To, to actually get the thing. Um, and above him. Was, <laughs> you go to the candy guy to get the thing. Okay. But, you know, the, well, you, because you would our, either our get VHS. Prize to people that don't even know what VHS right, is. Right, it's a so. videotape. You, gotta, you, you, you get, get the videotape off the shelf. shelf. You yep. walk up there and you're attacked. You gave it to a man. You're attacked by uh, impulse buyers <laughs> <laughs> from every direction yeah, yeah, yeah. of popcorn and candy, candy and chocolate and this and that and yeah. Would you like one those? Do you remember those uh, ice creams? It was like it was a cone, it was, but it was marshmallow and it, oh, the, the top, uh, top the choc tops. Yeah, choc top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because that, that's what you could get at the cinema. That's of right. Course, but you'd be like, hey, we're at the cinema, but really, we're like, going back home. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, but once you got through that impulse buy section, mm. there would be a guy standing there, usually. <laughs> it was a guy. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, above the, that guy, there was merchandise that you could buy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there was, I, I, I remember this because there was a, fa- do you remember the Phantom? Yes. The Phantom yep. comic. Yes. Uh, there was a purple Phantom jacket up mm. there and it had a big price tag on it. $200 for the Phantom jacket, made which is like, yeah, made of polyester. Poly, poly, polyester. <laughs> poly, polyester and polystyrene. Yeah. <laughs> made made most, of old videotapes. It's the most flammable <laughs> item of clothing that you can buy. It had, a, yeah, had an unsafety rating. That's and, right. Yeah. That's right. And it was up there for years. And I always looked at it yeah, and I always covered. said $200. And it was like... He wasn't budging on his price. No. He was staying firm. Yeah. He knew, he knew what he had up there. But because I, I saw $200, I thought that 
thing must be the best jacket ever and mm. I'd love to have that jacket mm. and my, I mean $200 back then I mean that's like two grand you, you know? could buy a pair of Jordans you could for, for close to that <laughs> could, would they be Phantom Jordans uh, well they definitely would not be <laughs> I wonder what happened instead it would jacket. not be made out of polystyrene <laughs> <laughs> I've always wondered what happened to that jacket oh, yeah. oh so th- this uh, oh, this doesn't go anywhere no this I is, wanted this no, is just no, you no, going, I'm, I'm remembering what happened to that jacket I loved that jacket <laughs> <laughs> there was a if I should look on eBay and see if it's probably like five bucks. I, I wonder. I wonder what the people who used to hang around in video stores and movie land. There was always a couple of people that would just hang sweaty. around. Yes, <laughs> yeah, playing. Well, not even playing the skill test, and mostly looking at it and, and watching and other people. Watching other people. <laughs> uh, but that, that would. Uh, that would hang. Where do those people hang out now? Yeah. Are those people now homeless? Is that is that the homelessness <laughs> crisis where that we're hearing about? Because yeah. there's not so we movie, movie land lobbies movie that again. people can just hang yeah. around in. For, you They're know. at laundromats, I think. Ah, uh, right. okay, yeah. yeah, interesting. Anywhere yeah. with these coins. <laughs> they went back to the laundromats because I got, kind of got the feeling that movie land would have been a step up from the laundromat. Yeah. In car- of, there was carpet. There was carpet. There was a skill test. Right. Yeah. 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 There was yeah. there was more people, and it was always um, movie posters. <laughs> it was a you know, did, did you ever get into like <laughs> oh, the movie posters? Sometimes yeah. they were free, and then the, the, you know another like, you know if it was a new release, it was mm. like twenty bucks, which was yeah. like, four times the cost of actually buying the movie. But you, <laughs> <laughs> you loved that movie. Yeah. You bought the poster of it. Absolutely, yeah. yes. And uh, you'd be on a back order of you know when can I get the poster? Mm-hmm. But yeah, the th- then they would have a bargain bin. Um, of posters for like two bucks. That, that, that just had little drawing pin holes and tears. <laughs> yeah, and they, rips. Were, they were you know, a little bit dog eared. Yeah, dog eared. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you go, oh, oh, two dollar ones. Oh, oh, never heard of that. <laughs> never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> Chariots of Fire. All Sally Fields movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. War Games with Matthew Broderick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's putting that Anything with Matthew Broderick. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's right. <laughs> Where's the Schwarzenegger ones? Oh, they're the fifty dollar ones. Ah, oh, come on! I'm a kid. <laughs> but it was massive. That moving around place. It was yeah. huge, and uh, they had a deal which was a good deal. It mm. was because uh, for the people who don't know, <coughs> the the new releases, the movies who that had just been, they just hit the shelf. Mm. They were still hot from the press. Yes, uh, and they were the ones that everyone wanted, mm. and they cost six ninety five mm. to rent. But you could only rent them for one night. Mm. Uh, and it was a one night only deal and if you didn't bring it back by 10.30 in the morning you were paying double for the second night and Mm. if you didn't rewind it yes there was also an additional penalty yeah Yeah. and they would check they would open the box and go oh you didn't rewind that you're like oh I forgot and they're like yeah it's two dollars and they had your memory card and you couldn't go again they'd bring it up oh you didn't pay the two dollars and they got so sick of dealing with those people that they just said oh you can just leave it in the drop off box Mm. And then just you know debit your card later when that became a thing. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So they didn't have to confront you anymore. They could just like garnish you, your your wages until such time as you paid off the debt. I remember getting a call from Yo Easy or something, and I was like, "You owe sixty dollars." <laughs> For this movie that was like, I don't know, a week late yeah. from like eight years ago. <laughs> I remember a mate of mine had letters coming to him from debt collectors. Right. There was about $400 in late yeah. fees on a movie that he'd just forgotten to take back, obviously, exactly. at some stage. And still on um, the shelf. Were pursue- yeah, they may still be pursuing him through the courts yeah. right now. It's up yeah. to $28,000 in fees. 
<laughs> Blockbuster don't so even exist it. anymore. But no, so no, yeah, the, the the creditors are still pursuing. That's right. <laughs> the they, liquidators they are still after. They want that War Games <laughs> copy back. We want it back. Yeah. <laughs> we want to watch it. Yeah, we don't even want the money anymore. It's, now the movies. We work. want the tape. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the deal. So yeah, you had your new releases, six ninety five, one mm. night only. One night only. Uh, or you could get a weekly, which were the older movies, mm. Uh, mm. and the weekly ones were the ones who'd been out for a while. the ones you'd already seen. That's right, the yeah, ones that no one wanted times. to see. Yeah. But this place was so huge. It was literally massive. Mm. And um, they had massive sections, westerns, uh, horror, mm. thriller, and they were huge. Like, and, and if you couldn't get any movie that you'd ever thought of, mm. you were genuinely pissed off yeah. and, and, and having a go at the, the poor 16-year-old right. They, they would the point other side of the you counter. to the catalogue, which was a phone book <laughs> <laughs> of movies yeah. in alphabetical order, and you'd have to scroll through to see if it was a real movie. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's Casablanca too. <laughs> <laughs> Casablanca's Revenge. I, it's, it's a whole thing. I, I, I didn't dream it. Mm, mm, uh, there's a prequel. Yeah. It was a prequel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, people, I, 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 that's one thing that the, the young generations will never uh, have experience, mm. which is you know having to uh, chip in for petrol mm-hmm. with your mates so mm-hmm. that you could jump into the car to drive yourself to the good video store because, mm-hmm. you know, most places had a little shitty store where you'd already seen the movies. But mm-hmm. I, I do remember the bright lights uh, of uh, Atlantis video store. <laughs> Atlantis? <laughs> Atlantis video wow. store. I think it was two. But they were, they, they, they were similar to your movie land. They were just gigantic. Yeah, yeah. And, and we would literally travel 20 kilometres to go there mm-hmm. because – you know, they had more of the new releases. They had everything. And, you know, so you'd try, you, there would be three or four of you. You'd chip in petrol. You'd drive down there. You'd get there to get your new release. And yeah. You'd, you'd hope, hope it was there. You'd hope it was there. And then when it wasn't, you walked away with five weeklies that yeah. you'd already seen and you didn't really Week, want to watch it. Weeklies. Yeah, yeah. No, nobody went for weeklies. But, you know, that, that would literally be the night out. Like, that That would be the – that that was – the yeah, it was. Yeah, that was that was the whole social event. It yeah. was it was the journey. It was a movie marathon. Yeah, it'd take us you know half an hour to get there, half an hour to get back. We'd spend an hour there. We'd hang out with the guys in the lobby trying to do the skill tester, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it, it would be a, a whole thing. That would be Friday night and Saturday night. We'd try and watch the movies. Yeah, yeah. You'd look at the Phantom Jacket. Okay, <laughs> one day, one day, I will be in that jacket. One day, this will be relevant to a podcast. <laughs> One day, yeah, I've thought about that jacket a lot. Actually, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it just pops in every now and then. You're like, yeah. Remember that jacket? Mm. Yeah, I do. Mm. Yeah, I should look up and see. I'm sure that I could get one. I reckon for two two hundred bucks, me lap would make you one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> out of styrofoam as well. Yeah, can he do it? Out of that? Yeah, I want him to do it out of old videotapes. <laughs> I'm sure he can do. Can something. he do it out of the Phantom movie? Yeah, <laughs> the terrible one with Billy Zane. <laughs> The Billy Zane one. No, I don't think there's any existing copies. I think, mm. yeah. Was that popular? When they burnt them, the yeah. Yeah, little yeah, spirits emanated. <laughs> Phantoms everywhere. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> that was a bad film. Didn't, yeah. Mm, he was wearing a purple suit. They shouldn't have gone with that. That's for the comics. Uh, you know, good to see that they tried to stay true to, true to it and didn't put like, you know, try and put him in a muscle suit or something like that. Sad news, sad news about uh, Synth Old Man. Synth Old Man. Or, have mm. you heard about Synth Old no. Man? What happened? You, you know about Synth Old no. Man? Greg Valentino. Is the, no, no. Um, uh, Which one? Uh, the, uh, the, the, the one and only. The, the original? The, great, the original Synth Old Man. Greg the, Valentino, the, the short guy with... No, no. The man no. whose arms exploded. 
No, no. What, recently, in the last couple of days, uh, um, no, no, no. Vincent Ronaldo is it? Vincent Lombardi. <laughs> Vincent Lombardi. It could be Vincent Lombardi. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. Vince Colosimo winner. Of, no. Of the AFI. Okay. Well, I've got to see which, which synth old man. What did he, he die of? Synth old. <laughs> he died of a. Uh, slipped and fell on. Let me, let me and just. Synth old. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to chuck synth old straight into. Uh, be the first result. Instagram. <laughs> and synth old man. Drink uh, Dantino. There's literally synthol studs was the first oh, thing that came studs. up. Oh, studs. Uh, that's not... No, no, no. It's not there. Okay. Not, what was that word you were using uh, for? Cognate? Cognate. Cognate. It's not mm. a cognate word to have synthol and stud together. in Synthol studs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if it exists in any other language group. No. Synthol. So we've Should. got... Here we go. So... Um, uh, so and, and just a, just a four days ago, um, the Ladable... Uh, Ladable guys, the Ladable team put uh, published a um, a story on Synthol Man. So that's that's Synthol Man on. Oh, that's right. Screen. Oh, that's all right. Uh, so sorry, so Synthol Man likers. Uh, that wasn't so, the guy I was thinking of, which I'm happy about. So we're uh, Rio Vladimir. Ah, Rio Vladimir. Yeah. So uh, the original Synthol Man. Um, Bubble boy. Four, four days ago, Ladable ran a ran a story, um, a, a bit of a, a piece on uh, the Instagram sensation who. Um, I think in his early fifties, and his measures at something like thirty-five inch biceps, yeah, um, yeah. all oil, oh, all oil, yeah, all muscle, um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> he um, uh, he just had a, an operation um, because his uh, bicep exploded. Um, oh. Essentially, yeah, wow. um, things weren't working out. But nonetheless, he said, "I I am not planning on stopping um, injecting synthol anytime soon." Um, that was four days ago. He's now passed away. Right? Is he still injecting? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> apparently. In Preparation for the funeral. They're, they're just plumping him up a little. Um, They've just got a shell oil casket. Yeah, that's right. Drawing. Yeah, this funeral brought to you by BP. Um, He's just going to slide his way in. It is ridiculous. If you're doing that, you're an idiot. And that guy was an idiot, and he's stupid for doing that, and now he's dead because of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he. he it, I, I think that he's. He was somewhat responsible for quite the Instagram phenomenon. Um, and you got that Russian lady we featured. Yeah. Previously on the uh, on the podcast, who uh, is all, all synthol, and mm-hmm. um, well, he's, he's earned himself some degree of Instagram fame as a result of those uh, outrageous. Should l- never be rewarded. Well, you know, it's positive. It doesn't matter if it's positive or negative attention. You know, pe- people will, will, will seek out any attention. Mm. But it, it is. It's a well, and, and for for people that mightn't necessarily know what we're talking about, mm. synthol's a an oil or a substance that is injected to create volume within a, a muscle. Um, some professional bodybuilders might use it to uh, on an injured uh, body part. Um, it, it is. If you're looking for it, it can be somewhat obvious. I think most judges will be able to pick that yep. what's going on with that, and uh, it, it makes the muscle present as being um, puffy, and um, you, you lose um, um, firmness in the in the muscle. There's no striation, for instance, where there mm. might be um, otherwise. And um, so, um, <laughs> how long have you been using synthol for? Uh, for the last uh, <laughs> forty-seven years, it's, it's actually the, the the my winning formula for the Dave Sobridge of uh, the Year Award, and uh, and it's my secret. Yeah, well, there, there was those early years where <laughs> Vincent Ronaldo pipped me, and I yeah. I looked at my uh, synthol intake at the time, and I had I, I dialed it back. Oh, okay. I dialed it back. Yeah. You had dialed it back in those years. I dialed it back in those two years. I, I, I thought I'll downsize, and 
You thought that's what the judges so were looking for. I, I started dieting down, yeah. uh, just in pre- preparation, and mm. um, so about sixteen weeks out, uh, I started adjusting my diet. It became chicken and rice, mm. and and slowly worked it all down until it was uh, thirty mils of water and mm. a pinch of salt. That, oh. That's what I permitted myself. Yeah, uh, salt. That did for, you mean? For, for, for the final three weeks, that was <laughs> so I came in very, very nice and lean. Could they see you like you were that skinny? <laughs> One of the dilemmas was um, Vincent Ronaldo came in very plump and smooth ah, and and oily. full and voluminous and um, <laughs> and yeah, and it wasn't just his perm, um, you know. <laughs> It was filled out in the muscle bellies in in a way that that year I was quite depleted and uh, so I misread what the judges were after and yeah. um, and you know I've only got myself and well my coach to blame no we parted ways with my coach after mm. that year and uh, yeah got BP back on board as a sponsor mm. and and since I've, I've successfully held the crown so nice, yeah. you know it's proven to be a winning strategy and and uh, one I probably keep with so. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> I love how you just continued with that story. It was so good. It was. It went really well. I had a nice catharsis and everything. It was really nicely wrapped up. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And you've completely thrown me from where I was. I have no idea where we were. Uh, you, you were. I was you phantom were, jacketing. You were, you, you, yes. You. Well. Uh, you know. We were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, synth old man died. Synth old man. Right. Um, yeah, so we were, uh, you know, it's always, a, it's always sad to see Jim Bro go, but uh, there you yeah, go. Don't feel that sad. Yeah, but, the, well, I mean, I don't know. It's what not that nice that somebody about died, you, Matthew. It's I mean, not it, nice. It's not nice. But he did it to himself because he's an idiot. He, yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like you say, I mean, he, he died doing what he loved. Mm. And, I mean, this is what we hope for for every athlete, especially <laughs> skydivers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, didn't, they don't die skydiving though. They they oh, die. Sometimes. They, they don't die skydiving. They die when they hit the ground. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's a sudden stop at the end. <laughs> it is yeah. hard. Do you not? And maybe, and maybe maybe that was the issue there. Maybe mm. he tried to sudden stop. And oh, he skydived. <laughs> <laughs> he would have bounced. <laughs> he would have be bouncing to now. <laughs> like like a water balloon that's right. been dropped from a great height. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to drop a water balloon from the roof tonight, just in honour. Oh, on Zimbabwe. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, yeah. I, well no, I, I'm sure he doesn't mind being called. I was going to look up his name again, but I'm sure Vladimir. Vladimir and uh, Rio, 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 something. Rio. Something. Oh yeah, Rio, yeah, yeah. Mm. that guy, the one. Mm. So, yeah, um, I was thinking it was Greg Valentino. Greg Valentino, it was the original oh, yeah. synth old man. Right. Mm. Oh, was he? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, he's actually he was a very good bodybuilder. Yeah. Um, and and natural for like twenty something years. Yeah, shorter guy, um, never got massive, mm. and he was really heavily involved in that California Golden Era. Yeah, like, right. You know, Schwarzenegger and then, and, right. and then you know that he sort of stayed in Gold's Gym into the eighties, nineties. He and then he, I think he was running his own gym. He was like legitimately, he knew his stuff. He knew what he was doing. And then I don't know a few personal issues or whatever, and then yeah. he, he turned into using steroids, yeah. and uh, went to the max with with that side of things, and obviously put on a lot of size. Mm. Uh, and he denied. I think he denies 
using synthol. You do not, yeah. But he's using synthol. <laughs> 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 um, he's, um, that was the original guy. Uh, there was a documentary, The Man Whose Arms Exploded. That yeah. was Greg Valentino. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but he put a uh, autobiography out um, and I read it. It, it and it was, it was actually really good. Like he, he's... A smart guy. He, he writes for Muscle and Fitness. Mm. He has a uh, column in there. Okay. For some reason, he always writes in pure capitals. I don't know why. But that's his thing. <laughs> do, do you read that yelling? It is yelling. He's yelling at you. The whole time. Yeah. 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 He's yeah. that sort of guy. Yeah. It's a powerful voice. It's like a conversation with Dan Pena. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an aggressive read. Yes. <laughs> I do not take it though. That's right. That's right. Even though I sell it on my website. <laughs> But, uh, but if you are going to buy it, buy it from me. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't recommend it, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but he's autobiography. So um, he's very honest about, you know, the way that he had some insecurity issues and uh, the, why he got into using uh, steroids. And he ended up, he was, he was dealing and he got really heavily involved in dealing steroids mm. uh, and had some major problems with some of the big um, uh, movers of, like hardcore drugs in the area. Uh-huh. Um, and I think at one point uh, he was, I guess you could say ambushed or whatever, the, um, set up. That okay. Come meet us here at this house mm-hmm. to do the drop. And uh, there's two guys waiting for him with a shotgun. Sure. Put him on the floor with a shotgun to his head, you know, took them, took the, whatever and the money and, and, and he, thought he, he thought he was going to die this sure. <laughs> <laughs> bullets would have bounced straight off but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he was I think that was his turning point uh, that, yeah. it was like okay I'm, I'm way too deep here this is insane and yeah. he, he didn't think it was ever going to get to that point actually he ended up getting arrested uh, oh. for dealing and because um, this is what he said in his book yeah. that he would because he, the gym he was working I think he either owned the gym or he worked at the gym um, and he was stealing a lot of the steroids to the guys who were working there, uh, working out there, and a lot of them were, were police officers, and he saw all these guys as his friends, like, hey, you know, I'm helping you out, you're getting this, yeah, I can look after you, and those same guys are the ones that fucking arrested him. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he, yeah. he got uh, a hefty jail sentence, yeah. Um, and yeah, but he, he had ridiculous, ridiculously big arms. Mm. and uh, Synthol injuries, or it was... It, it, uh, it, pre- previously, he, uh, he, that were his when he was natural, they weren't, that, they, weren't they weren't as so. big. They, they, he was still in good shape, yeah, but he wasn't humongous. Mm. And then he got ridiculous; like yeah. his arms were as big as his entire torso, <laughs> like like legitimately. Yeah, uh, but he was very ca- candid about. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm very insecure. I'm short because mm. I I can't grow taller. I wanted to grow wider. He goes, I go to a nightclub because. With these arms, uh, I get a lot of attention mm. because, unfortunately, it's guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, he goes, a guy will be standing with his girlfriend. He will mush his girlfriend in the face to get over to me. He'll be like, dude, what the hell is going on with your arms? Um, but he's like, I didn't care. It was attention, you know. Yeah. And yeah, uh, uh, and obviously it, it, it didn't end up well in terms of he had an infection and whatever. Mm. He had to get part of his bicep cut out and yeah. whatever. But he is, a, he is a smart guy. He's still running for muscle fitness. Yeah. Um, I believe it's muscle fit or flex, one of the two. Mm. Uh, if you see uh, an article written in all caps, that is great. That's, yeah, that's, that, that's the one to get. Yeah, right. I've, written, I've written to him. He's written back. He's, oh, yeah, really? Yeah. yeah, it's cool. It's Greg, in caps? Greg with two Gs. Oh, well. G-R-E-G-G. He made sure of it. G-R-E, good game. 
so it, it, dysmorphia is something that it, it does it does affect a lot of people in in sports one, and one in five. Yeah, one in five. So especially <laughs> bodybuilding is like ninety four point seven percent. You know, there's a there's a certain degree of it, and and uh, we were touching on uh, before as you do get older, and, uh, and and some of the experiences that um, elite athletes have as they come out of their prime. Um, uh, Mark Siderstrom's uh, launched a podcast just recently, um, interviewing. Uh, footballers and and how uh, and some of the most high profile footballers of the last couple of decades mm. and and how they dealt with uh, retiring from the sport but still being relatively young men and mm. then, you know what's come of their lives and and you know what happened to the physicality in their in 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 their retirement and and the like and uh, is is really insightful to hear um, those thoughts from uh, people that have lived through that experience but you you do see it in everyday life and. Uh, we were talking to one of our f- uh, former guests earlier, and her, his experience now that he's sixty-two years old yeah. and he's been an active weight trainer for almost his entire life. Very strong, very physical. Got a lot of pride about how strong he is. Feels like he's still strong, but he's mm. he's not able to maintain the muscle anymore. Yeah, and, uh, you know, this is kind of playing with his mind because a lot of his. Um, self-esteem is uh built around being the big strong muscular guy yeah and uh you know there becomes a point where you're not the guy anymore and uh and how that can impact on people's mental health and, mm-hmm. and interactions with with others and and you were touching on having young athletes then all of a sudden surpass you mm-hmm. uh and uh, and and it can happen so quickly and it makes you re-examine your position in in, in a sport or 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 um, try and imagine, you know, can, do, do, can I train harder? Can mm. I do anything different? Mm. You know, maybe the answer is no. Yeah. And you're just getting old now. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's been your your recent kind of experience with this? It's it's strange. And, yeah, so I was talking, it was Tim. Tim, Johnny, hello, Tim. Tim, uh, hey, who Tim. does listen to the yeah. show. He did say that he watches our videos, which is awesome. And <laughs> we will get you back on the show again, Tim. He has an amazing story. If anyone oh. is interested in hearing Tim's story, uh, it is one of the earlier episodes of the Daily Combat podcast. You can go back and see it. But, yes, Tim, uh, 62 years old, has always, as you said, been into weights. So that's, when, when you wrap your self-identity up in, I'm a big, strong guy, uh, I'm muscular and I'm fit and I'm healthy and, and this is who I am. Mm. And then you start to lose that regardless mm. of your efforts. Mm. Like he's still, I'm still training. I'm still pushing. I'm, I, I feel like I'm just as strong, but my body is not reflecting what I'm doing. Mm. And it's something that is very difficult to come to, to terms with. It's like, this is this is who I am. And it's starting to, to fade away in a way. And, you know, you can mm. see that, de- that depressive uh, spiral could come on to somebody very quickly. Yeah. Um, especially at that age, because it's it, it it's not uh, sort of an uphill battle at that point. You yeah. know? It's not like oh, yeah, this is what you do to get it back. Yeah. This, you know, it's like well, it's probably not coming back. You know, yeah. It's uh, I mean, you can do what you can to mitigate that that decline. But yeah. It, it's a decline <laughs> that's yeah. going to happen over time. Yeah. Uh, which would be very difficult to come to terms with if you hadn't sort of pre-planned. A different. It's hard to sort of explain it, but like I see it all the time because I'm working in the gym and I see that people 
when they're training and that becomes their life, you know, mm. being in the gym twice a day and that's who I am. I am mm. somebody, whether they're bodybuilding, whether they're training for a sport or whatever it is. Mm. Um, but that discipline, dedication, sacrifice is part of who they are. They're there at three in the morning. They're there at 10 at night. You know, they're, they're always consistently there and something might happen to them mm. that prevents them from being able to do that, whether it's an injury, whether it's sickness. Work. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Change your routine. That's right. Mm. And it can really affect somebody mm. very quickly because mm. it's like, but that's who I am and I'm going to, especially if they start to lose the results. And even if they're young, they might be 20, 21 years old, and it's like, you know, oh, I've, I've built up to 90 kilos, I'm at 90 kilos, great. Mm. And then they had to go away for a month or they got sick. And mm. it's like, oh, now I'm 85 and they're devastated. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. I always say you've got the rest of your life to train. Like, you, you, yeah. you know, don't try to train when you're sick. Don't train when you're injured. Work, you know, work around what you can. Mm. But to be in a position where you're, your age is the limiting factor, yeah. that's difficult. And, and would you, are you as strong now as what you were 25 years ago in the gym in your lifts? Are you training similarly to how you were when you were, say, 25, 26, or <laughs> completely differently? Have uh, you adjusted? A little little things that I've changed, yeah. uh, uh, making things safer for myself okay, and, and, and choosing exercises that are lower in risk. Okay. So I don't do squats. I don't do deadlifts. Yeah. Um, I don't bench press. You know, yep. that those those sort of things that can, if they go wrong, they're going to go very You're badly wrong. wrong. Yeah. Uh, and so I'll use, you know, machines uh, that replicate the same thing and, and go as hard. And it's like the muscle doesn't know whether your Every bench gym bros knows that that doesn't work. <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to put that out there before anybody comments. Um, right. So, machines don't work. So, like, are you, <laughs> so are, are you, but are you similar in strength or weaker? Like, uh, you're 41 40. soon? Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, 40 at the moment. Yeah, 40 still. For a little uh, while longer. Hold yeah. on to 40. I'm holding on to 40. Yeah, fair enough. As long as I can. Yeah, because... <laughs> It's still a few months. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so you're 40 now and, yeah. and been training for since you were in your teens? Yeah, uh, yeah. 19, so 21 so, years. So tw- it's more than half your life. And mm. um, see how good I am at maths on wow, the spot. That was too. fast. Yeah, it was good. Um, and so... Clip that. <laughs> <laughs> Cut it out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, are you as strong now as what you were when you were, say, about after you've been training for five or six years? Mm. And probably, you know, probably... Uh, uh, your biology was kind of set for you know muscular growth. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of young men tend to do a lot of their growing muscular uh, their muscular growth in mm-hmm. their late twenties, early thirties, and 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 can even put on significant size in the late thirties into the into the very early forties in in some cases. Yeah. But um, it ha- how's your trajectory in terms of strength and uh, muscularity and size and aesthetic been over that time for you? Yeah. Uh, mine is a little bit hard to sort of compare where I was where I started or even five, six years into where I am now because did I train a little did, bit differently. Did you did you say start <laughs> off really strong and now you're really weak? Is that why? <laughs> you can't That's why it's hard to compare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm way stronger in a lot of things okay. than I was at any other time in my life, I'm okay. really strong in my arms at the moment. Yeah, uh, and bicep curls especially. Like, okay, yeah, I wouldn't um, have picked it. Yeah, no, interesting. It's spindly. <laughs> That's what they call me. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy Longlegs. <laughs> spindly Matt Connolly. That's right. What's yeah. the other alternative? Uh, you went spangly. With <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. 
uh, arm strength is through the roof. Uh, because I haven't been specifically training like bench press and squats mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, uh, the times that I have done it, it's 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 way down, you know. Mm. But I think it's more so because I'm not doing it as often, mm. uh, and and you know I used to do it every week, and we'd you know we'd start with 60 kilos as the warm up. You go 100 for your first set, we go up to like 140. That mm. was, and I know you're thinking that's pathetic. <laughs> I'm not the 200 kilo club like you are. No, but, uh, long time ago now, well, a lot of injuries, right? But yeah. that's that's where we used to sit, uh, yeah. and then we would drop it back a bit and whatever. But now, like, um, because I'm, I'm training mostly by myself. I, sometimes I'll train with people, but whatever. Most mostly it's by myself. Um, and I do. I find what works best for me is is the higher rep stuff, like yeah. the 16 to 25 stuff. That mm. just really hits me. Like that's where I get the most benefit from. And was that the case when you were younger, or you you didn't train that way? I at didn't all? know that was what was best that was. For me. So you were kind of that eight to ten rep range, yeah. that Arnold kind of yeah. system, or the Joe Weider system. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was trying to. It was Ben Weider. Um, oh, Ben Weider. <laughs> no, it was Joe Weider. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was just. A, <laughs> was it Ben was the, the, the dumb me. brother? <laughs> I don't know. Was, no, wasn't no, there no, another no, brother that took was, over after Joe? So it was Joe, and then there was another brother that kind of. Yeah, it, it was like it was Castro. Joe and ben. It was like Castro's brother, uh, Fidel Castro's Ooh. brother. You know how there was a Castro, oh. and then there was a Castro's brother, Raúl. Raúl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just recently retired, I believe. Uh, yeah, oh, a year or so he ago. Retired from yeah. isn't oh, it like Raul. A, a Castro? Wasn't he like a Fidel Castro was yeah. like the ruler, of, uh, the, the communist ruler of of, of wasn't Cuba, he like a brutal. And then he, Overlord might have been, yeah. He's retired. I'm retired. Oh no, no, no. Oh yeah, he retired <laughs> and then said, "Oh, but my brother kind of looks like me." Oh. and it, it's always around. Yeah, yeah make him president. Make him president. So, sure. Uh, any, any, hey, Raul, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what are you talking about? Uh, yes, sir. We got uh, what? <laughs> uh, okay, I do it. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, and it's so that yeah, they put him, and I think it was like eighty nine or something. By the time they put him in the job, but. <laughs> Um, Just like by Joe Biden, yeah, 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 very similar scenario. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, so, uh, so the, yeah, I think there was a similar uh, situation with the Weeders, where there was the there was oh, Joe Weeder, right, and then Joe Joe Weeder kind of stepped aside and from his, Wish, yeah, and his, <laughs> his, 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 I don't his know. Brother, brother I know took I've over. heard of both of them, and it, it was a bad joke by me. But that when you said Joe, it my mind said say Ben that'll be funny and ben. it was not as funny as I thought it would be because <laughs> <laughs> it made you doubt yourself and then I doubted myself oh no it's definitely Joe Weeder I just thought, I thought yeah. maybe Ben was the brother I think he is he is the yeah, brother he is okay yeah. <laughs> so I think uh, Joe came up with uh, Mega Mass 2000 and then Ben's innovation was <laughs> J- Mega Mass 3000 this is it's just a thousand times better. It's a thousand times better. Yeah, that's the yeah. extra thousand. Mm. I think an extra thousand calories. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. sugar. Yeah. <laughs> How do we make this better? More? Oh, what do you think? Uh, more sugar. More sugar. <laughs> the answer is always more sugar. <laughs> What's better than two thousand? Three times. Three thousand. I'm surprised he didn't go two thousand plus. No. No, 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 he didn't. That was no, no, I, no. You know, I definitely think, not. Yeah, yeah. seemed to, you think, seemed very solid on that. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, don't do yeah, that. Yeah, well, I, I would imagine two thousand plus would have branch chain amino acids. Ah. It'd have your pre workout, your post workout, right. and everything you need in between. Yeah. It's an all in one. It's an all in one. Right? Uh, yeah, you can't do that. No, well, I don't think they they had the technology in no. in the nineteen eighty nine. You can't mix powders together in a tub. <laughs> 
science proves that this is not possible. It is. Yeah, yeah it doesn't happen. The body can't. You can't digest it. It's outrageous. It's, it's released People in are ridiculous that try yeah. it. They fired. They're, they're outlawed from the scientific community. Yes. What yes. did he do? Oh, he tried to mix two different powders. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> we don't even talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> His name's Raul. Raul. <laughs> what do you mean? We've been doing it in Cuba for years. Um, <laughs> mix as many powders as you want. What do you think our female swimmers always win gold? <laughs> um, we got Mega Mass 8000. <laughs> we sell it to the Chinese. Love it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the, 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 where I was going was the, the, the training style. So I didn't know what I was doing when they start. You know, when you start, you 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 don't you you're trying different things, and it was like, yeah, the eight what, to ten. Stuff. What was the first thing that that, that that did you see something that? What was the first kind of thing that you did, like with weight training? Did you go straight to a gym, or did you do some stuff at home first? Or mm. uh, I was I was lucky in terms of when I started at a gym. Uh, was I started studying it? Uh, I did a diploma in fitness. Oh, before you even started training. What. I had I was training at home, but it was I didn't have any weights or anything. Okay. So when I was sixteen, seventeen, I wanted to look Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I was like, "But I haven't got any weights." And yeah. so I used to get, I go to the kitchen, I would get all the soup cans, <laughs> yeah, and I would put them all in my backpack oh. from my school backpack, and then I would sit on the end of the bed and, and do curls with my backpack. That's what you would do. No, yeah. sh- wow. Okay. Yeah. And then, and, and do you remember what your rep range was? Like, uh, were you just? I think you had to do reps. about eight thousand reps for it to <clears> start to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> we need more they soup were, cans. They were Mom. very small soup cans. Yeah, yeah, they were empty. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dog food. Uh, no, it was. Uh, and did you do any other movements, or mm. was it just bicep curls? Did you graduate and go on oh, this? Yeah, I was, so bicep curls, and then I would do a hundred push-ups. Okay, uh, but not in a row. Right, <laughs> I did do that once, one time in only, hundred in a row, mm. one time, and I remember getting from ninety to hundred, and it was probably a one inch push up. But I was, it'll do. That'll count. That's that's, that's that counts. That's, no one's watching. That's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't stop. But, yeah, uh, yeah so I think it was like five sets of twenty that that I would average it out to. Okay, yeah, whatever, and that that was my thing. But I wanted to lift weights. And how long did you do that for? Well, from 17 to about 19. Okay, so that yeah. was your daily ritual. Was Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I was skinny. I was like 78 kilos mm. and 6 foot 3. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, it was like a thin Matt Hollywood Matt Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's half of whatever. It's, it's the weight that's in your left bicep That's now. right, yeah. So, so well, that was what's really interesting about your little story was that um, I, I – just thought I'm, I'm going to get stronger. Mm. And uh, do you remember those little uh, grey plastic dumbbells that you could buy mm. from Big W? And yes. uh, and they were filled with sand. I, I had a set. I, approximately years later, yeah. The weight that was displayed <laughs> on on the dumbbell, um, give or take. And yeah. and uh, I, I would, uh, uh, you know, I'd, all I knew was like an arm curl. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, oh, this is, you know, so I would literally just do alternate bicep curls. And I didn't know anything about reps, so I just did it for time. Oh. And so I'd do it for like 10 minutes, and then it was like, oh, well, that worked out all right. And Until the like, sand had fallen out. <laughs> <laughs> it, right. it was the timer. It was just a and rubber then, piece. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and then uh, that's how I knew to stop. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and then uh, there was a uh, – and then I'm like, oh, that's all right. I graduated to 15 minutes, and it's like when 15 minutes – Wow. And it was like, okay, well, 15 minutes, and it was 15 minutes of shoulder press. So it was oh. like – yeah, double double bicep curls to shoulder press, and I right. I did that for oh, I don't know maybe maybe a year and a half. Wow! And, and then um, 
before I'd ever stepped uh, wade, uh, stepped foot into a gym or anything mm. like that. And but what was really interesting about that was that when um, when I first started training, and, and to this day, my biceps or my my arms are, are, are activate very very quickly yeah. and, and grow disproportionate to anything else. It's mm. like that. Whatever you train early on mm. and first. And I, I had a friend that all he did was bench press. He yeah. had a bench press at home, yeah. and he didn't do any bicep. He just knew bench press made you it gave you a big chest. Right. So he did something similar with his uh, at home, and you know he's like Bolo Jung now. Yeah, right. A gigantic chest, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It's so interesting. It is interesting. Well, if there's anything to that. Yeah, well, I, I, well, I mean, there could be. There's some yeah. evidence before me here yeah. to suggest that there might be. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there it is. There it is. Hey. <laughs> it was hiding down there. There we go. There's that bicep oh. split. That's what the. That's what they came to see. That's Look right. at that. It's, it's terrible lighting for you. We, it we, is terrible. We, what, yeah. It's three times bigger than that in real life. <laughs> in real life. In real life. This yeah. is this is pre-recorded. Yeah. Real, real life. Matt, <laughs> Matt fills out those uh, right. the extra small shirt that he's wearing. It is right. way too small. <laughs> is this it, is a medium. It's way too small. The reason it's a medium. Six foot three. You're wearing a medium. I am. Yeah. There's a reason though. A. <laughs> <laughs> Because I like the fact that it's tight. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason. No, um, <laughs> there is a better reason than that. Um, when we got all the shirts, t- <laughs> when we got all the shirts um, made, uh, and everyone in the club wanted them, yeah, and it was like, "Have you got one?" Uh, no, no, no. Uh, what size do you need? I need a large. That's my. I was wearing a large, and mm. oh well, oh, there's no larges left. Well, I had four of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, here, take one of mine. Uh, here, take mine. Here, take mine. Uh, and I ended up with a two, medium. two mediums. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I've been wearing for like the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's getting smaller uh, as we go. But um, yeah, we have got some, some upgraded versions. We have got some so. upgraded versions. Yeah. And there's some uh, very, very cool upgraded versions mm. that you can find on your website, Matt Connolly. That's right. HollywoodMattConnolly.com. You mm. will find all of our... Uh, designs. Uh, there is individual designs for each arm wrestler in the club, especially mm. uh, special designs uh, made on each shirt, so specific to each person. Mm. Yes. yes, very, very good. If you jump on there now, you can pick yourself up a little bargain before prices go up. That's right. So, uh, but uh, yeah, you can choose from all of your favorite characters. Maybe your your favorite character would be. Hollywood Matt Connolly, yeah. for instance, in which it does, case it does happen to be a double bicep on the on the, on uh, the on picture. The, yeah, what a surprise! <laughs> I I put that shirt on because uh, I got it ordered. Well, uh, yeah, it was too small. Wait, not the order. I've, I have another one coming. Oh yes, <laughs> I'm hoping it's bigger than this. But <laughs> the one that came was supposed to be large, and it was. Not large. It Not was much like, than what you wear. It was like extra small. <laughs> yeah. no, it was way smaller than this. It was like your one that you got. Yeah, yeah. It was a crop top. Yeah. <laughs> but I put it on uh, and it's my picture on the front mm. doing a double biceps. I did the double biceps in front of my daughter with that shirt on and I said, uh, look, uh, who's this on the shirt? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I don't know who it is. <laughs> I'm like, it's me. And she's like, no, it isn't. <laughs> Doesn't look anything like you. You're, you're you. <laughs> it's me. This is, a, this is a drawing of me from a photo I sent. <laughs> Doesn't look like you. 
Go away. Yeah, market, market research over. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you have homework to do? Yeah. What are you doing up at this day? Isn't a school night? It's 6.30. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's it to bed. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but, yeah, those early years, I mean, you're trying to figure out what works mm. for you. And this is one of those things that I say to people who are training, mm. uh, especially, I mean, because I'm working in the gym and I'm chatting to people that you, you find the people that are passionate. Yeah. And, you're either going to find somebody who commits to it and then they're a lifelong fan of lifting weight. Yeah. Uh, all the people that will come in, yeah, this isn't for me, it's hard work. I, yeah, I, yeah. Don't, I don't want to do hard work. Yeah. I just want the results. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then they're out the door. Yeah. Um, but the people that do commit and they stay for, you know, six to 12 months and then while, while they're sort of trying to figure out the movements and understand the coordination of how to do different things and then mm. learning different you know exercises they've never done before it's mm. like you know well these are the you know, you've got your bench press here and your legs and that and whatever and you're explaining different techniques different ideas uh you know maybe they prefer the dumbbell press instead of the bench press and you know but you don't know that when you first start it's sort no. of like you've got to gravitate towards that mm. um so over over the years you're gonna you're gonna refine it to the best thing that works for you mm. and and that's what i did over years but the interesting thing the reason i'm talking about this <laughs> we are there is a point to my rambling and unlike my vince colossomo <laughs> yeah, that's right. that was early. great that was the best bit of the <laughs> It's the only bit I'm going to put up. Uh, <laughs> That's the edit. That's right. The whole show's been around. Yeah. Well, I so would love if we could get Vince Calls for it. Vince, Vince Ronaldo. Ronaldo in. Vince yes. Ronaldo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll challenge him to an arm wrestle. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I'll take him down, Randy. I think he's 78 or something. Now, I think so. I'll take him out. It's full of sin. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> he's going down. Yeah. That would be amazing if you could go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not like it's hard. I'm sure he's oh, no, just arm out wrestling there. in a movie land. Oh, yeah, with, with a Phantom for the title. Yeah. <laughs> As the prize. <laughs> the winner takes all. Yeah. Phantom territory. $200. Yeah. <laughs> Probably still $200. Yeah. yeah. He's still got it. Somewhere. And if he wins, he'd have the Dave Strawbridge of the Year award. <laughs> Yeah, well, the, the ones from '92 and '93 yeah. that he took from. Oh, well, I, 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 you'd get them back. But there was a the, well, there was uh, well, there was an incident at uh, his <laughs> Vincent Ronaldo's home some years after his victories there, and the, the, just miraculously, those, those uh, trophies oh, had disappeared. It's so. Nothing else was taken. Uh, not as far as I'm aware. It was, uh, a, it was did, peculiar. He didn't police, take anything else. As far as I'm aware, <laughs> police are still investigating. Oh, um, yes, but it's an uh, but open anyway, case. It's it, a cold it, case. It appear, yes, yes. Um, and um, is there a movie being made about it? I, I'm not sure. Is it starring sure. Vince Ronaldo? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, but uh, but anyway, the um, yeah, let, let let's just say the mystery continues. Mm. Um, yeah, but they've not been seen. Never to be sold. Since. I don't think I've seen them at your house. But no, yeah, no, definitely not. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a Dave Stockbridge trophy made. I'm going to go. <laughs> you need 47 of them now. That's right. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yes, but when you when you discover the thing, uh, the point of my story. Mm. So I met uh, one of the guys I was doing security with who has a similar build to me, tall. Um, he's a lot bigger than me. Okay. He's 140 kilos. Right. Uh, you a similar build. At my birthday. Oh, that's not a similar. Oh, that guy. That's not a similar. No, he wasn't a similar build, but in terms of his height and the arm length and that sort of thing. Like, okay. You know, so he's similar in every way, just Except three for the times more muscle. Now, more muscle, yeah. 
That, he might be singularly the largest muscular human being I've stood in front of. Yeah. It, it, he's a remarkable man. Absolutely. Yeah. And and in his forties, late forties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In in insane. Yes. Insane. Like, yeah. like superhero mm. size. Oh yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It was 140 kilos when we were training together. <laughs> we trained for eight years. Muscular 140 kilos. Yeah. <laughs> but I got my best gains training with him yeah. because he was so much stronger than That's me. A, was that just picking up the weights and, and putting them on for him? <laughs> 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 my arms really were. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pushing the weight on. And spotting him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was hard spotting him. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard work. <laughs> Doing like, you know, 50 reps with 100 kilos. Yeah, yeah. Far yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. He's a strong guy. Um, but when somebody is that much higher in terms of their strength level mm. than where you are, mm. you're seeing things that are now possible that yeah. you didn't think were possible. You you've never seen anybody do it before. Mm. Somebody's doing something you like, and they're doing it right in front of you, and it's like, oh, I didn't realize that people could go that heavy. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and it's like, so my strength increased significantly, and he was doing the higher rep stuff. Ah, okay. So it was like the gateway drug yeah. to this higher high volume training. That's right. And mm. I had been doing... Prior to that, I'd been training with a couple of other guys from when we were doing security, and we were doing very low rep stuff, very, mm. very heavy. Uh, you there, know, there was that time when uh, the Dorian Yates one rep max uh, mm. training became very, very popular. Mm. Uh, many people of our kind of vintage that uh, came to bodybuilding as a result of Arnold Schwarzenegger, because like literally, you know, you had Lee Haney, but then there was Dorian Yates, you yeah. know, and he was the guy, and he was doing like one rep max sets, yeah, and uh, that became the fashion for a t- for a period for Absolutely. young men in the gym. That's right. Mm. Uh, so yeah, we were doing very, you know, four reps would be max mm. sort of thing, and I wasn't. I was getting some results, not not great and my form was terrible mm. and it was a lot of cheating going on with mm. the, the uh the a lot of a lot of yelling a lot of a lot of encouragement lot of, from your training back slapping a lot of back slapping yeah a lot of coming this is all yours you can do it one more Come one on. more no one more no one more one more all right you've done enough now stop all showing you, off all you it's all you you've got it you got it rack it out <laughs> rack it out oh, that was all you mate yeah, no, i didn't you. touch it i didn't touch it didn't touch it <laughs> they've lifted they've literally <laughs> lifted the whole weight why were your knuckles white the whole time no 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 no, no I, was I, just, I was just balancing the bar for yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the the strength increase when i started training in that style of the higher rep stuff it just was like well this this really works for me mm. and now i can't really go back like i just if i do low rep heavy stuff i just don't feel anything from it mm. like i don't get anything out of it in terms of muscular growth mm. Uh, mm. so for me that's what works best yeah, I, I would say that's a pretty consistent theme with a lot of people, especially those that have been training over some some length of time and then find themselves uh, as they're getting older as well. Like I, I, there's that one thing, you know, the, you, you're wise enough to try and avoid injuries. Mm. You spend half your workout now warming up instead of doing <laughs> work sets. The um, stick. You <laughs> see the people that get the, the yeah. broomstick? They spend 15 uh, minutes with the broomstick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to hide the broomstick. The, the most... <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 there are some people that they uh, they love that stick. Um, <laughs> they love that and they would hide it, and then they'd spend fifteen minutes looking for it. The stick. <laughs> they, they, and then I would put it back like in the spot where it should be. 
that's what they get for using the stick. Yeah, don't just, use the stick. Just get in, just start working out. Um, but yeah, so you, you kind of, and uh, I would say for me, you know, when, when I worked out that I wasn't going to be, you know, setting any more PBs, you know, that I wasn't going to be physically getting any stronger, and, and that was in, in some part because of injury. Um, whenever I've uh, returned, because I oscillate in and uh, out of weight training and kind of have for, well, most of the time, so I might train consistently for a couple of years and then patchy for six or so months and then get back into it and for a year and then be bit patchy for a few months. And I find that those patchy periods are really good for my recovery. Mm. Um, and I don't lose much during that period of time either. But, I, you know, I certainly feel better for being repaired. And then, you know, when I feel the time's right, I'll start getting into it again. And, you know, it takes, a, you know, a month or so to kind of be back up to where I was strength-wise. But I have noticed now that um, th- there's, well, in terms of... Um, uh, all out strength I'm, I'm com- in complete acknowledgement that I'll never be brent- benching or pressing or doing any of that but the, the high volume rep ranges um, especially for our sport mm. um, are, um, are really beneficial and I find just getting blood in there is enough And but I do find now that um, having been more muscular previously that if I don't maintain some degree of uh, muscularity my skin feels terrible, mm. you know, it, the depleted nature. Saggy. Saggy, yeah, no, it is, it's just not, it's not, the, the <laughs> collagen's not there anymore. The the elasticity has gone from the skin and, yeah, uh, yeah and, and uh, yeah, so it, it, it's that um, that that thing of, well, you know, we just got to kind of try and look after what we got now, try and keep it all together from... <laughs> Don't tell me that. Here on in, mate. Yeah, it's a, it, it, but, you know, I think that never has there been a time in history, if we think back even a century or so ago, the average life expectancy during the Spanish flu in 1910 was 54 years. Mm. Uh, go back to uh, 1760, working people lived, uh, young miners uh, didn't didn't live much longer than 30 years of age. Mm. You were considered old if you were a miner and you... Wow. And, uh, yeah, and you live to in, into your thirties because mm. the conditions were so terrible, and um, so um, you know we're, we're living in an era now where you've got jack sixty-year-old dudes that are, you know, they're they're strong and they you know, they they've not let go of their physicality at all, and they're still able to do all the things that they could do twenty, thirty years earlier, and mm. uh, we, we're into um, uncharted waters in terms of longevity and and uh, how we as people that have been um, enthusiasts of, of weight training and strength and, uh, and, and combat sports and sports just generally, um, you know, you, one of the great things is if you can maintain some degree of uh, muscularity, well, maybe your chosen sport goes from being powerlifting to arm wrestling, which you can play forever or yeah. you know maybe it stops being football and starts to become something else that uh, has less impact on the joints or you know so mm. you don't see too many old netball players that's true <laughs> yeah so um so yeah so it's um you know finding finding a pathway and i think this is one of the dilemmas for many people in combat sports as well um you know you, yeah yeah like it's a it's a young person sport much like football and uh, if you're in your early to mid thirties and you're still fighting, it's probably because you're really good mm. and world class. But otherwise, it's a it's a very difficult um, uh, sport to remain passionate about because without that, um, uh, w- without being world class it, it, and and the maybe some of the uh, the income that can be derived from yeah. doing that, the uh, diminishing returns associated with being a competing combat athlete um, in 
in your thirties and forties is um, going to have a negative impact on how the next ten or fifteen years goes in your, in your health. So, I, this is uh, it, this is a hard topic for me because it's like because you're old. No, I'm not old. <laughs> Getting old? I'm, no, sort of. It's got like saggy I muscles. You, no, I don't. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, yet? No, never, never, ever, ever. No, I don't know. It's like uh, I am completely wrapped into my my self identity is 100 percent wrapped into like that. Like this is I I need to be what I look like, as, and I don't know. It's it shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. know it. You know, be. it's ultimately not healthy. But yeah, yes, oh, yes. yeah. I'm very aware of it, <laughs> but it's it is. Yeah, and it's like uh, I am the guy I was talking about before. If you lose five less ten kilos, I'd be like, I would mm. be feeling terrible. Yeah. Um. Mm. It's, it's, a, it's dysmorphia. Yeah, it still it plays is. on your mind. It yeah. is. Yeah, I see myself as this, and that's what I want to maintain, and mm. I, in ideally, get. Better at and at. It, it's it's kind of counter to the to the culture that suggests that whatever you are is perfect. Right, you're not you're perfect the way that you are, but you you obviously feel like there's an optimal image of uh, of yourself, and you want to do everything you can to remain in that image. It would yeah, be absolutely. Mm. Mm. Progress equals happiness. Yeah, if you're progressing and you're working hard and your efforts are being rewarded mm. with something, then mm you'll continue doing it. Like you get a reward for your effort. If you're not getting a reward and in fact you're 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 losing, mm. it's like that that's where it's like, oh my God, this this is not I didn't I didn't want this day to be happening. Yeah. Uh and it's a weird thing because throughout my whole life leading up to this point, effort has always been rewarded. Rewarded, yeah. With and now there's diminishing returns associated yeah. with your efforts. That's yeah. right. And to a point where it'd be like doesn't matter how hard you go, yeah, it ain't you're good. actually going to continue to lose, mm. and then you have to find happiness somewhere else. Yeah, and it's like but this is who I am. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's it's a very difficult thing to let go of. Do you, do you draw any solace from um, say you know, arm wrestlers, for instance, where you've got John Brzezinski who's in his late fifties, fifty eight, fifty seven, fifty eight, something, and uh, uh, say Crazy George just uh, um, won. A tournament at the age of seventy-two, wow. um, and, uh, and and in quite a courageous way, and uh, so you've got in within your sport, for instance, you've you've got some real role models there that are still excelling at the at the high highest levels of the sport mm. into you know their their fifties, sixties, and in mm. Crazy George's case, even into his early seventies. If I didn't look the way I wanted to look. Okay. It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. Yes, you've got which, that aesthetic in which, mind. Which is not a... I know it's not a good idea. Yeah. I know it. But yeah. it's like that. And, and this is one of those things that was very difficult to let go of to, to start arm wrestling. Mm. Like bodybuilding, being big, strong, muscular, whatever, was that is who I am, who I want to be. And then it's like when you do arm wrestling, your arms are destroyed. Yeah. You can't lift and move your arms for a week. And, and I remember having that thought, I think I've talked about this before. Do I enjoy this enough mm. to sacrifice the that I can't Thing. train biceps as hard as I would like Can to? Can I forego my first love? Yeah, this new, exactly. You play thing. That's right. Yeah. And it was, a, it was a very difficult decision to and uh, you know but luckily well, luckily, i don't know it was it was like that well i guess luckily the arm wrestling is is so much fun and i enjoy it so much mm. uh that 
I was willing to sacrifice that. Mm. And I'm glad that I did because now I have something else that I can really enjoy and push forward with. Yeah. I think it was interesting in our conversation last week with uh, the Aussie armorer, Jake Ward, who um, spoke about that moment where he decided um, for me to have credibility as a uh, arm wrestling influence or I have to stop arm wrestling. Yeah. Um, I can't do that. That's damaging to my brand and authority in the sport. And yeah, and you're saying the same, but interesting that uh, that doesn't seem to be diminishing his ability to make an impact in the sport. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, and finding those new pathways and finding those new uh, ambitions that aren't necessarily intrinsically linked into either the sporting prowess or, or the aesthetic, that's kind of where where you're meant to naturally grow but because culture youth culture our culture is very much a youth culture and it has such an emphasis on the aesthetic and how people look and um and it it becomes very difficult for people that have imbibed that culture to kind of leave it behind and and pursue those other other things and i I think there's going to be a a really difficult road ahead like in terms of trying to let go i don't want to you know what i mean Mm. i know straight away it's Mm. like i'm not going to it's my thought i'm not going to i'm not going to i'm I'm not going to get old every inch of the way i'm completely delusional about that do you feel as good now when you get up out of bed as what you do did did 20 years ago yeah better you feel better getting up yeah well that's my ass for 20 years ago yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's yeah that's super interesting and and um i i think that People that are, um, you know, in their 30s, 40s, 50s. I mean, it can happen at any time where people feel like they're, they're past their best. Yeah. It's um, Sometimes there is that second wind and that next wave of whatever it might be in terms of your physical development that uh, is, a, is a pathway that you never saw. And, um, and and in some part for you that's been arm wrestling mm. and uh, uh, you know there's only you know so much so far you can go in in, in doing weight training mm. and then to then find something that that's applicable to that you also love and mm. yeah it's, it's very difficult it's uh, for, for a lot of athletes to make that transition but uh, mm. I think maybe easier in, in arm wrestling than mm. in, in other sports for instance yeah I'm so glad that that I found it and it's there and then it's awesome and supportive and we have this community that mm. that, that's, that facilitates it. Uh, yeah, I think it, it's like an addiction with lifting weights and being strong. It, yeah. I really do. It, like, I can't not do it. I can't yeah. not do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if you said, okay, we're going to be on a holiday for a month with no gym. Mm. That'd freak you out. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be training still. I don't yeah, care. I'm gonna be doing push ups on the floor. <laughs> I'm doing some, I'll be lifting those soup cans again. <laughs> I will. I can't not do it. It's just ugh. and it's hard to think to, to get to a point where maybe you can't do it anymore. Yeah. Or if you do do it, you might hurt yourself or you just you know, no matter what you do, you're still getting weaker and older. Mm. Hmm. Uh, I, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's like when you say find a new direction. Find, leave that behind. It immediately I'm feeling it's not going to happen. Like I just, yeah. I, I'm being completely honest here. Uh, my thought is no, it's not going to happen. Yeah, you're not gonna. You're just going to keep doing it. Yeah, and it's like there's nothing in the world that I could 
Do you know what I mean? Like, well, if you're still feeling good and you're still feeling strong and you're feeling better when you get out of bed now than what you did 20 years ago, there's no indication as to there's no imminent reason for you to even reconsider at this mm. stage. I mean, it's actually working for you. Yeah, but do you feel sometimes obsession? I'm not I'm obsessed. I don't know. Maybe a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Can own you though, a hundred percent it can, and um, but you're you're ultimately in control of your. Um, well, some people aren't, you know. So awareness is very um, very important. So oh. if you can understand that you've got those slightly addictive tendencies, and then you weigh it up, I mean, you can have perfectly well functioning drug addicts in society. I mean, we we see a lot of that, and you see with the you know, for instance, you, yourself, you know that. That the fact that you're that is ingrained in you to train as vigorously and as consistently as, as you do, that's um, and to not do that would cause you some degree of angst. Mm-hmm. Um, is maybe that thing? Maybe it is the angst that'll be that thing that stops you from falling into poor health or. Um, yeah, that might just be that thing that stops you from falling over in your old age, or yeah. it could be that thing that uh, you know just is the right thing at the right time. Um, and and I think that that, that there's um, you know if you're not doing everything that you think that you can do to address a situation, then you will invariably feel depressed about that situation. So if you are aware that there are things that you can be doing with respect to longevity, being strong, having a quality of life until the end, uh, then, uh, you know, you've probably got every right to feel a little bit anxious or mm. or uh, whatever it might be about it. Because, mm. I mean, it's actually a uh, – is, is it entirely natural? Well, some people would say, oh, you should be happy however you are. Mm. Those people are really happy. You know, you're always driven by a goal or an ambition or, or a focus. And, and uh, if that is, you know, a, a big part of being able to drive towards anything is having the energy – and quite naturally the physicality to, mm. to be able to pursue all those things that you want to. So, mm. yeah, it I, I doesn't sound like – it sounds to me that it's something that uh, that's serving you well. Mm. You know, if those things were being detrimental to your ability to pursue other things that were important to you or were serving to um, be an obstacle in relationships that are important to you, then I think at that point you've got something to reconsider. But if you mm. just uh, – Somebody who just feels compelled to go to the gym because it's it's a it's very much um, it's a it's a ritual. Um, if it's a, a ritual, then it's there's a reward structure there. The reward is the the feeling of accomplishment after that workout, um, and uh, the, the endorphins that are released and the, the, the neuropathways that are opened as a result of that could be well leading you into success in other areas in creative endeavours as well. So, mm. yeah, it's one of those things. There's more than just the physicality side of things that, you know, weight training or, or gym work or physical exertion. Mm. Um, Steve Maxwell's a, a great practitioner of a lot of longevity practices and and uh, has developed a whole bunch of protocols over time, um, whether that be breathing protocols or self-massaging protocols or, or um, uh, daily routines 
You like the self-massage. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring it up. Self-tapping, self-massage. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. There's some, some of our uh, listeners will be big fans of those mm. those techniques. What um, a practice. The practice of the techniques, <laughs> the self-massaging techniques. Right, yeah. yeah. Special brush. There is, a spe- there, is a, there is a very special brush. Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so, uh, but he's been a big practitioner. And what he was saying about muscularity was that and because you do tend to, it doesn't feel like he's lost an enormous amount of strength or, mm. or functional strength. Flexibility and mobility have become now the primary drivers to his training. And so now he doesn't need the strength in order to press or weight or in order to, uh, be stronger in wrestling or jiu-jitsu. He needs the strength in order to have the stability, to have the flexibility, to have the utility. And the the reward is still being able to move around like a relatively young man mm. um, as he approaches his seventies. Yeah. So you know, and would he be capable of doing that if he hadn't been doing weight training for thirty years? Mm. And, and the answer is well, probably not as well prepared, or certainly mightn't have mightn't have had necessarily the discipline to mm. either. Because there's a certain discipline attached to putting yourself through something that's painful every day uh, for some degree of delayed gratification, mm. um, and uh, and there's some kind of there's some kind of honour associated with that as well. It's a self honouring yeah. um, first and foremost, but it's also uh, an honouring uh, is honouring the discipline for itself, mm. and, um, and and for many people that's very uh, esteem building. Mm. Um, because you're upholding a commitment primarily to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very easy. It's very easy to not do that. Yep. It's very easy to sleep in. It's mm-hmm. very easy to... No one's going to yell at you if you're an adult and you sleep in for an extra 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And no, no one's going to no one's going to be upset at you or disappointed if you miss out on leg day, <laughs> you know. And, uh, y- <laughs> <laughs> and, and so there's nobody else out there, you know. So you, there's got to be a high degree of self-respect in order to and wherever you draw your motivation from and it might be a negative emotion as we've discussed on the podcast before where you derive your motivation for putting yourself through that workout Mm -hmm. but it's really a self-honoring process because on on the other side of it you've taken that negative uh, energy and being able to convert that into a positive result mm. and um, and in so doing you've been able to process that um, emotion in an entirely appropriate way mm. you haven't um, lashed out at your partner in an argument or called a a, 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 a work colleague a name you shouldn't have or said something inappropriately or disrespectful to somebody that you do like, um, you haven't done those things. Mm-hmm. You know, what mm-hmm. you've done is that you've done two reps more than what you thought you could at the gym. That's right. And uh, and put a bit of sweat on your brow and uh, um, and hopefully cleaned up your sweat off the bench afterwards. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, um, you know, finding motive. I think um, uh, a lot, there's a very simplistic view of bodybuilding or weight training or whatever it might be. And it seemed to be thought of in a hierarchy of, you know, of, well, if you're going to be an extreme weight trainer, then you're probably going to be a bodybuilder or mm-hmm. whatever. But there's, you know, there are, for every comp- competitive bodybuilder that might be out there or competitive um, powerlifter that you might see out there, there are, there are tens of thousands, if not millions, of, of guys and girls that are just going 
every day for their own self-esteem and their own self-respect and to test themselves and to it's a very much an inner journey that's going on Mm. although what they might be seeking to achieve is something that has some uh, external uh, aesthetic appeal as a result of it Mm -hmm. but it's very much the side effect of the of the dedication, the the um, the discipline, and um, and the the work ethic that's associated with creating something of, of that nature, and you'll often find that that's applicable across the spectrum of other experiences as well. You know, a lot of people that are high performers in one area are able to convert that into high performance in another area that's important to them. Not necessarily across all of the spectrum mm. of experiences, but certainly there's some transference there, and in and it's not in the strength, it's not in the ability to bench press and mm. it's not it's not it, it, what it is is this the transference of the discipline and of the work ethic and of the self-respect and yep. the respecting of others and the processing of negative emotion in an appropriate way mm-hmm. and and the, the and the way that that in uh, in itself helps you be a better person to be around all of these things are, are um of, of great importance to somebody's overall well-being and i think are often underestimated or um, not not well considered by people that might be critical of uh, you know just gym junkies, right? Exactly, and mm-hmm. that was an uh, amazing little uh, dialogue there. That that was yeah, you summed up a lot of points very succinctly, and um, yeah, it was, it was oh, you hit you hit the nail on the head with so many different things there: the accountability, the self confidence. You know, I mean, people say, how do you build self-confidence? Well, you make promises to yourself and you keep them. One rep at a time. That's it. It's yeah. what it is. It's, I'm setting the alarm for six in the morning. When the alarm mm. goes off, you get up. Mm. That's one little win. Mm. And you build, okay, well, I'm going to make my bed. That's two wins. You know, yeah. I'm going to make the food that I made out from last night. There's three. And you build that up over the day and you're making all these little victories. And it's like that day, next day, next day, next day. By the end, if you if you're doing that for years, you have a mm. fantastic view of who you are because mm. you're like, I'm a good person who does the right thing for myself, mm. and that's where your self confidence come from. That's where your positivity mindset can come from. And when do, negative experiences do come, you know, it's not going to knock you down as badly as what it possibly could because it's like, hey, we've got all these awesome things going on every single day. There's one negative thing, you know, we'll figure it out, we'll get through it. But it's like you're getting a thousand awesome experiences or wins throughout your entire day, every day of mm. the year. Um, so that spiral up is continuous. And, and mm. it's like that's so important to have that. Uh, and I think that, that a lot of people do the opposite. But they, they, they have a negative and oh, they sleep in or they're late or they didn't iron mm. their shirt or they didn't, you know, they're speeding. And then, and then mm. these things lead into other things. And then, oh, and they spill the coffee and then... And it's like negative, 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 negative. Oh, I'm having the worst day. And then they're angry at somebody and then they yell at the boss. And then, mm. nah, nah. and it's like that spiral over years can go the complete opposite way. And you get somebody who's very bitter and very toxic. And it's like they can't see a way out of, uh, or even if they, you know, even if they want to change, they mm. don't know how to do it. And, and because uh, they're going through this process of uh, deferring, um, deferring things. Um, not um, willingly accepting uh, a challenge um, or, or facing a challenge that's before them, even if that is just getting up at 6am instead of 7.30, yep. um, because they're not willingly confronting uh, these things. Um, 
because there might be a little bit of pain involved mm. um, or, or there might be – well, there's pain involved in getting up early. There's pain involved in pushing the weights. There's pain involved in having two showers a day instead of one. There's pain involved. The, 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 um, but the people that tend to do exactly that, who hold discipline, that have work ethic, you know, that, that will uh, – who are prepared to willingly confront the challenges, even the small challenges, they're not necessarily being – the accumulation of small challenges met generally lead to big opportunities. That's right. And so um, people that are um, always doing that, they mightn't necessarily have more money or a flashy car or a better house to live in, but I can tell you that they're always nicer people to talk to. Mm-hmm. You know, these are people that are, you know, they're on their game, they're interested in life, they're high energy, uh, they're they're up for a challenge. They're they're the people that are always sticking their hand up, that want to do more, always do more than that's asked for them. They're the people that have got enough left over for everybody else because they've not not because they've kept all of this to themselves, but because they've attended to themselves first and now understand that they've got more to give mm-hmm. rather than not attended to anything and don't understand whether or not they have anything to offer. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if people are experiencing challenges in their own lives um, and often I'll have people that will ask uh, for advice over, uh, you know, how, you know, their circumstances. It might be I'm, I'm struggling in work, you know, um, can you, you know, help us out? You know, we see that things are going okay for you. What are you doing? And it's like, well... First thing I ask people is, do you, what time do you get up? And how many times do you hit the snooze button? Mm-hmm. Are you an away motivated person or are you a toward motivated person? Are you motivated towards achieving a challenge or away from pain? Mm-hmm. And do, do you understand the difference between the two? Mm-hmm. And if you're motivated towards uh, away from pain, um, then you're probably that person that, that hits the snooze button five or six times. Um, and if you're motivated towards great things then you're probably going to jump out of the bed and you're probably going to go and and and, uh, and and derive joy from consistently achieving small things that lead to big bigger things that's right um so um people's daily structure and I th- for me it, it very much starts first thing you the first thing that you do in the day mm-hmm. I won't say the morning because there's plenty of shift workers people that do Work in interesting times, like Oliver Matt Connolly, for instance. I haven't and slept since yet. Yeah, <laughs> I've been up all night, and I'll be up all night tonight as well. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, it, it, the first thing that you do in your day is, is often the most important thing because it's actually going to frame your thought thoughts for the day. Like you can imagine the difference between getting up and realizing that you've slept in, missed the alarm and you see the clock and it's 20 minutes into what should be your work day. Mm-hmm. Well, that the, the, imagine that feeling mm. of waking up and realising you've missed the bus or you, you've missed work altogether or and the first three phone calls that you look at at your phone are from your boss who's wondering where you are, uh, as opposed to being that person that got up at 5am who got up, spent... 20 minutes in reflection, 20 minutes reading, spent 20 minutes doing some some self-massage and some <laughs> yoga and and then went and exercised for an hour and then went for a walk in nature for an hour and then came home and then had a had had a breakfast with their with their family and spent time in, in uh, with their with their ones that they love the most for for half an hour or so and then went and did their day. 
and well, how do you feel about your day now? Well, you probably feel like you've already had a day well worth having lived mm-hmm. before your work day's even begun. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so you, you, you set yourself up for a great day and you set yourself up for a great week and you set yourself up for a great year and you'll enjoy a good life um, if you've got a discipline that starts at the beginning of the day. Now, I do understand there's plenty of people that have achieved outrageous levels of success with very interesting sleeping patterns and daily rituals. But if you uh, are struggling and you've not had any uh, direction in terms of uh, improving your mind's mind set and, your, uh, and, your, and you've struggled maybe with weight or you struggled with discipline before, uh, have set up your first challenge, which is set, uh, have an uncomfortably early time Set that as the time that you're going to get up, and just get up and set yourself up. Put your put your your shoes by your bed. Put your your tracky dacks by your bed. Make it really easy for yourself to roll out of bed, get dressed in the dark, go out, and just breathe in air. Mm-hmm. You know, just do that as your first protocol, mm. and uh, see how your day starts to feel. See how you start to feel about your day. Uh, write down the things that you want to achieve for the day. Write them down. Write them. Write them down at the beginning of the day. Understand what your action plan is. Mm. Understand where you got to be and where you got to be. Be really clear about things. So you're not thinking about these things on the fly. Um, these these are just really simple, and they almost seem simplistic. Um, mm. But the but meeting small challenges is the best thing that anybody can do that's struggling with their own mental health. Absolutely, yeah. So you build self confidence, self respect, because you're constantly overcoming adversity, no matter how small it is. Production is very much the source of morale, and uh, if you're producing, if you're producing, doesn't matter what it is, but if you feel like you're producing something, and yeah. um, and so I, I say this to people, you know, what's success to you? And they say, oh well, you know, earning X amount or living in a certain area or being able to travel or uh, owning my own business, whatever it might be, everybody's got that grand vision. And it's like, so, uh, you know, why don't you feel successful now? You know, and, uh, and people have a range of reasons, often they're excuses or, you know, I'm not there yet, that, that's quite valid, you know, I'm on my way or whatever. But, you know, you think, well, you know, you, you the most successful thing you can do is get up and have a plan for your day and to feel good about your day, mm-hmm. uh, you're in control of that. You know, if you do it early enough, you can do it for anybody else. If you get up early enough, no one's going to call you at five o'clock in the morning to do anything. Mm-hmm. No one wants to speak to you at six o'clock in the morning. Certainly, no, no one's expecting you to return an email at seven o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And at eight o'clock in the morning, you've already been up for three hours, and you've been able to do everything that's important to you. And um, so, anybody who's struggling. You know, just consider, do you get up in the morning, roll up out of bed late and turn on sunrise and and eat something shit <laughs> and then jump in your car and go to a job you don't like very much? Um, or, you know, do you get up and you, uh, on your own terms and, uh, and, 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 and work through the things that are really important to you so that you can set yourself up in the right frame of mind? Because even if you've got a job you don't love... You, you get to that job with an altogether different attitude mm-hmm. when when you when you're feeling right in your own mind yeah and, yeah and and maybe the reason you don't love it is because 
you're in a in a toxic frame of mind. So yeah, if you're in a positive mindset, maybe the job isn't the problem. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it was the way you were thinking about it. Hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, yeah. So uh, I, I reckon. We'll, yeah, I reckon it was we'll, a nice way to to end. A very so- somber and serious yeah. way. Very somber. Yeah, get up. Early, I did man. think of a lot of jokes along the way <laughs> while we were talking, but I didn't say them because <laughs> it would have ruined. Them. Just brought down the moment. The, the the about of Ben Weeder. No. Is that for Ben Weeder? <laughs> ben Weeder. Ben Weeder. Was, yeah, he was like the semi-retarded Raul, brother. The Raul the of armor of, uh, of uh, bodybuilding. The Ra- Raul Castro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of, of, <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, so good. Do, we, do you want to do the, the final goodbyes to the, uh, the people at home? Well, um, thanks so much to everybody who's been joining into the podcast. What you're going to see on the podcast in the coming uh, weeks is um, a little bit of uh, a revolution. We're going to be changing up our formats a little bit. We're going to be bringing in some fresh faces, and uh, you might even see some improvements to the production quality as wow. well. Yeah, yeah. We, we may even see some more neon strips as well. Many as we can fit yeah we're, we're <laughs> going to go all out with the neon strips um so uh so um certainly stay tuned because we're really excited for this next chapter in our podcast journey where uh we started off just downstairs in the in the pod booth uh rory's pod booth there and um and gravitated up into our own studio we've really enjoyed bringing you this long form content and we'd love to continue to to do that um it, it also, though, we'd like to uh, make sure that we're bringing content that's got huge value to you. And so um, I think um, our viewers that have enjoyed um, our banter over recent times will um, thoroughly love what we've got planned for you. And um, and we've got uh, – we'll be keeping up. We'll, we'll keep doing this type of long-form content. Don't worry about that. We love we love just talking for hours. But uh, you, you're also going to get uh, a whole bunch of uh, cool stuff – uh, news updates, insights, um, profiling, free, free money, free money. We, we're giving it all away here, <laughs> so it's coming from the the Ben Weeder trust account. Uh, so uh, that, that, was endowed, that was endowed to him after the sale of Flex magazine. Right? Yeah, yeah. So um, and um, and. We <laughs> Um, so uh, I, I think we can kiss goodbye to to we, the Weeder Corporation ever sure. sponsoring the podcast. But oh. yeah, were they sponsoring us? Well, it was a hope. Did you yeah. take all the Mega Mass three thousand? <laughs> <laughs> I did suggest if they could come up with something even better, and they said we can't. Uh, there isn't any there, numbers there isn't above any that. There. Yeah, yeah. three thousand is as high as it gets. <laughs> we, we counted. We couldn't get any further. It's no high. We, we got bored counting up there. Three, three, three thousand was the amount of calories per serve. Yes, and uh, and and so uh, not not lot that was contained within mm. but, uh, the, just one serve. You one ate scoop. the tub. Yeah, the tub was made of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those Easter eggs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we, we we can't wait to bring you all of that stuff and um, and and more here on the Daily Combat podcast. So, um, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Hollywood Matt Connolly, as yeah. always. So, if you want to check out Hollywood Matt Connolly, you can do that anytime by going to the Hollywood Matt Connolly website, where you can buy some pretty cool merch and shirts and stuff. Uh, maybe be the, uh, the the bicep workout. Uh, that uh, Matt developed with the cans of soup and a, and yeah. a backpack. You might just share that on the on the website at some stage. <laughs> some of, some of his secrets to mass building. Um, the um, 
and also on the deep end, the deep yeah. end with Ryan Bowen. So that's, that's right. still uh, still going. That's yep. uh, every. S- um, we do it when we feel like it. Okay, so we're, we're doing it when we feel like it now. Which when he's free, basically. We're, we're, we're Ryan, <laughs> when Ryan's not busy. Yeah. Um, so cool. So uh, so the the deep end is uh, still very. What else is going on in your world? You you got a few things going They've on. Got right lots of things happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been good. It's been a very productive, exciting year. So mm. yeah, but uh, yeah. So we've got obviously the daily combat. Podcast is what we're on at the moment. Mm. This one right now. This was the one. Yeah, mm. and uh, the deep end with Ryan Bowen is uh, so it's mate. Well, it's all about arm wrestling. We, yep. we uh, Ryan Bowen being one of the best arm wrestlers in the country, me being one of the worst, uh, but, <laughs> but one of the biggest fans. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we we have the same voice as well. Yeah, hearing this out. voice, this is actually I borrowed it and I'm not giving it back. So <laughs> <laughs> Ryan had to get his spare one out the shed. Uh, <laughs> Literally, if you listen to the audio of the podcast, you you don't. Don't know it's two people. Mm, yeah. When you were playing it before, I thought it was me, and it wasn't. Yeah, you literally didn't know that <laughs> yeah. it wasn't you. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's right. So uh, that, and obviously the SA Titans Arm Wrestling Club, which uh, we had our biggest training session ever on yeah. Sunday, was uh, I think about forty people. I heard seven thousand, seventy mm. three thousand, three thousand. Yeah, yes. it doesn't get higher than that. No, right, <laughs> three thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, and uh, we have weekly training sessions if you are interested in, in arm wrestling and giving mm. it a go everything is free we are running out of the Kilburn Community Centre which is at 59 Gladstone Avenue in Kilburn Dave yeah. knew that address off the top of his head Straight I can away. tell by the confident look he had there uh, <laughs> every Sunday 5.45 till 8pm you can just turn up. Uh, you don't need to pre-plan or anything like that. We've got all the tables. Everything is there. You just come around to the back of the building. You can't get in the front. The front is locked. Uh, you do need to come around the back. That's where we are. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. head around to where the playground is and you'll see the doors open. And, right. uh, yeah, and people yeah, moaning and yelling. Yeah, yeah. a lot of yelling. Follow that. Mm. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, there's a lot going on in your, your yeah. world at the moment. Yeah. So this is... Uh, very exciting. Very it's been exciting. Good. Yeah. It's been very good. And oh, and we've got Garage Wars as well coming up on the twenty seventh of August. Garage Wars, yes. Which is an arm wrestling tournament happening in Melbourne, which you are sponsoring. Well, Real Estate Agents Group, which is here on the shirt, also a sponsor of the SA Titans Arm Wrestling Club. Mm. Uh, so we've got some of the best arm wrestlers in Australia competing on that card. Super I exciting. believe they're going to be getting a guest appearance from a certain Mr. Stockbridge uh, I did hear. over there, which I did might hear. be his birthday as well. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I looked at him and went, that's my birthday. Well, I think, you know what, we're going to Melbourna. We're going to go, go Melbourne. We're going to Melbourne. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, so we're, it, uh, yeah, I'm super. I'm really pumped for that. It's going to be great fun. Mm. So, uh, so we got that, and um, uh, we got uh, DFC um, 15. That's going to be at the Adelaide Oval on the first or second of October. I think mm. it's the the Saturday of the October. Labor Day long weekend here in South Australia, mm-hmm. and so um, so that'll be a spectacular event uh, as well. So Bigari room again in the Bigari room, yeah. So um, I mean, when you know the home of South Australian sport, and um, very very uh, excited to once mm-hmm. again be part of the DFC team, and uh, some wonderful matchups taking shape as we speak. From what I understand, uh, Craig Ike Ike is all over that and is uh, booking in. 
booking some of these uh, bouts right now. Mm. So uh, that'll be that'll be super exciting. Some some great up and coming MMA talent will be on the card, and uh, some of uh, Australia's MMA superstars will be headlining. So this is going to be terrific. You're announcing at that one? I, I believe so. Awesome. I haven't been told I'm not. Ah. So I'll, I mean, I'll just turn I'm up just in a suit with the microphone of my own. Yeah, if I see anybody else wearing a nice jacket, I'm taking them out. Yeah. <laughs> Oil all over it. I'll, I'll get Joe Brown to take them out. That's what I'll do. Yes, yeah. yes. He's yeah. been on fire lately. He's doing a fantastic job. Rising oh. through the ranks. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait to have him on the podcast. So uh, we, uh, he, he's on his way. So one of mm. the most um, exciting up and coming. Um, I think he fights at middleweight, but he's he's not a middleweight. He's a huge. And, uh, he's a gorilla. He's a gorilla. <laughs> he is a gorilla. Well nicknamed that one. Yeah. And, uh, and one of the nicest blokes you'll ever meet, of course. And um, represented Australia recently. In Sambo in uh, in Dubai, and uh, I believe he's he's elsewhere in the world right now. I don't think he's somewhere on the in the territory. He's somewhere in the world, rolling on a mat. Um, <laughs> Someone's uh, leg is being torn apart. Somebody, somebody's yeah. Hear a scream. That's where he is. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you got to locate Joe the Vanilla Gorilla Brown uh, by, right. by the moans of those people that maybe need him. Uh, so uh, right. so uh, yeah, a lot of exciting stuff coming up uh, in the next uh, few weeks and months ahead, and uh, we look forward to bringing you all of it here on the Daily Combat Podcast. So we'll uh, catch you next week and. Look forward to bringing you more soon. Bye-bye.